ladies and gentlemen, I would like to request that you all stay until the investigation is completed. What? Can we ask why? Has something changed? No. No, it hasn't changed, or no, we can't ask. I'm gonna live till I die. You think one of his family walls, walls. killed? Is that what you're suggesting? Let cry. I'm gonna take the you all love twisting the knife into one another. Up your ass. Oh, very nice. Matter of oh, fact, God. eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're all in the same room. Yeah, it's weird. It's Which been... you can tell because Devin pretty much talked over me. Did I really? <laughs> when? Just now. Oh. Well, you know what? It works. It's fine. Yeah. It... So if there's a little bit of an echo, we apologize because we're all in the same room recording. So we can't really. We've been socially distanced for the last 10 episodes or so. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's even weird for Ryan to be here. It is actually. I had, to, I had to give him instructions on how to get back into my house. Yeah, uh, he tried a credit card, didn't work. He yeah, did. No. Yeah, that's a true that's story. A real story. <laughs> that definitely happened. It was my AAA <laughs> card. Get it right. <laughs> Still, you tried to break into my house. I almost called the cops. Uh whatever. Uh Ryan's done. Ryan served his time. He's okay with uh, it. Um, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so today we're Devin had us watch a movie. Devin, what'd you have us watch? I had you guys watch Knives Out. So uh, Knives Out is a 2019 film with an amazing cast. And really, I think the cast is what made me want to watch the film first. For those of you that don't know, it's Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I mean, Tony Collette. I mean, there's a lot of people and most of them are famous and most of them, I think, crush it in this movie. Um, but when I saw the movie, I immediately became obsessed with it. And it's all I talked about for like a week. <laughs> sorry, Romana. She had to hear all of that. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know what you guys think of it. Cause I think you, Alan have seen it before, right? No, this is the first time I had seen it. And you, Ryan. First time for me too. <gasps> guys, I'm so happy. Okay. Yeah. So, oh man. So you're physically closer to me, Alan. Yes. What did you think? <laughs> okay. So I wanted to see this movie from the get go. Not just because of the cast, but because of its director. Oh, I forgot the director. The Last Jedi is Ryan Johnson. Yeah. You love him. You hate him. If you're the internet, you mostly hate him. Um, <laughs> I was really interested to see what he did with this genre, which is like a film noir whodunit kind of thing. It's not like a common genre yeah. anymore. Um, and I always like this kind of genre of film. Mm. And... I think what sold me on the trailers was Daniel Craig's like Colonel Sanders <laughs> accent. It was what Georgian or something like it was like Southern Georgia, like Southern gentleman. It was crazy. It was and so I good. was like, I don't know what's going on here, but sign me up. So I avoided everything about this movie as long as I could. Mm -hmm. Like I had a feeling I know who was behind it all at the end. Oh. Um, but there were some twists in there I didn't see coming. Good. So we'll we'll definitely talk about that. Um, but yeah, I I watched it for the director and the cast and Daniel Craig's accent. So, and I'm actually kind of glad that we br I brought this up to you because you've been talking about making us watch this for months, 
and it just got added to Amazon Prime. It's like, hey, Devin, nudge, nudge. Do you want us to watch this for the podcast we're doing together? Yeah. And it was, I'm so glad you let me know. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Ryan? Yes. What did you think? <laughs> I, 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 I really liked it. Okay. I did. So, um, to kind of go on like my history with it, uh, when I first saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh my God, this looks really cool. This looks like murder on the Oriented Express, the, 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 the newer one. And yeah. I, I like that kind of magical type feel to it. And that's what it felt like in the trailer. It didn't end up being that. Sure. But I liked what it ended up being, so it doesn't matter. Um, Kristen, my wife, saw it, the trailer and thought and thought the same thing I did. And she doesn't like Murder on the Orient Express because of that magical, like crazy cartoonish feel that it has that I really like. Um, but so we we kind of held uh, we we held off on it, and then I didn't realize it was on Prime until Alan mentioned it. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I saw it. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, which it ended up being better, I think, because of it. And I let Kristen know that it wasn't like the Orient Express. So now she's interested in watching it. So so I'll be watching it again probably this Sunday when she sees it. Um, there is one thing I really need to talk to you guys about that I, I, I like this movie in spite of. Okay, we'll get to that. Just a quick word from our sponsor, Today's episode is brought to you by the fact that my wife watched so much un- Unsolved Mysteries on Amazon Prime that I was able to see that Knives Out was on Amazon <laughs> Prime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're, you're going to watch the movie. Just yeah. watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's the only reason I know it was on Amazon Prime. And I feel like I had to throw her under the bus because she's standing there watching. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Anna. We appreciate it. No, thank you, Robert Stack. Oh, thank you, Robert yeah. Stack. Oh. But uh, the thing about the director, though, it makes sense because even if you like him or hate him, he's he knows how to film. He knows how to get beautiful shots. And this film is beautiful. Oh, this film's gorgeous. And that's yeah. the one thing I wanted to get from you guys going into this pre anything. How did you feel about him? Like, I don't know how you how any of you really feel about Last Jedi. I think I think you guys like it. I, I think, you know, I like, like it. I mean, so I, none of you harbored any really ill will about it when you came into it this is uh, so uh just dis- so disclosure on the kind of star wars fan i am oh okay okay give me some x-wings some some tie fighters storm and stormtroopers make a hint to a jedi i'm good yeah i'll probably like it like yeah. i'm not picky about my star wars movies if it's about the st- if it's about star wars and it's halfway decent i'm going to like it i'm going to buy it i'm going to say that i like it sure um but the Last Jedi is different mm-hmm. in every single shot. Every single frame could be a framed piece of art. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he was the director of this until you just mentioned it right now at the table. Um, but it makes sense because, I mean, granted, I'm not there are going to be there are certain scenes in this. Obviously, I'm not going to want framed, but there is about like for for every scene that's like your generic, like, you know, who did it movie like shot there is another shot that's just oh my god that's beautiful yeah so yeah i mean he does he knows he knows how to shoot a movie and i was thinking about it while we were while i was watching it is he one of alan is he one of the directors that knows what shots he wants and only shoots what he wants or is that 
I I don't know. Okay. I don't know what his directing style is. Um, we also need to. I feel like we should give some credit to the cinematographer Steve. I'm going to butcher this name. Yedlin. Y e d l i n. Uh, okay. He was also the cinematographer on Last Jedi and Knives Out, so oh, he's wow. pretty much worked with him on oh, everything. So they work together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're a team. Okay. Kudos to both of them. I mean, that makes High sense, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when it comes to Last Jedi, for me, it's there. There, I get why a lot of people don't like it. It doesn't fit the formula, yeah. and I think that's what he was going for. But mm-hmm. it upset a lot of people who wanted one thing and didn't get that thing that they wanted. Um, but the cinematography in there is fantastic. Like from the first trailer, that scene of the thing, the plate, the jets going over the, the, the salt in the red shooting up behind them. Like I was like, this is going to look beautiful. It's striking. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then I, then I got Luke milking a thing in the water. (laughs) Um, okay. Maybe I wouldn't want that. Right. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe some people Uh, will wait until Christmas when you get your, your gift. I can't Uh, wait. Um, so yeah, like I get the hate for it, but it was bold storytelling. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. was a different take to it. And I feel like this is a, like knives out is a different take on the Agatha Christie style of storytelling. I completely agree. I mean, I think it does a little bit of what last Jedi does where it goes, okay, we understand where your expectation for a murder mystery is going to be. Yeah. Let me subvert it for a while, which I liked. It caught me off guard. It caught me off guard, too. Yeah. I had no clue that yeah. twist was coming. Well, I mean, I didn't, like, I saw the, I saw the, I saw the runtime. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is going to be a good two-hour movie. Yeah. So I sat down, and it got to a certain point, and I'm like, was it two hours already? Like, it's only been 45 minutes. What are they going to do for the next hour and 10 minutes of this film? And I'm, like, and I'm like, oh, I really like this because now it's getting into like human reaction. Yeah. And like, you know, like uh, and we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. But like yeah. I wasn't expecting to be handed everything on a silver platter yeah. within the first 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I definitely that and the movie did a good job of going at least for me it did a good job of broadcasting who did it yeah and then spending 40 minutes going here's why you need to think you're wrong and then going ah you were right but i liked (laughs) i really liked the whole 45 minutes of like i'm not only gonna make you think you're wrong i'm gonna show you a lot of evidence that proves that you're very wrong about this and I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I guess, can we get into spoilers? Is that? I think so. Yeah. Um, so at this point, if you're listening and you haven't seen the film. Which uh, is now on Amazon Prime. Which is now yeah. on Amazon Prime. You can stop us and go watch it. If you don't care about spoilers, um, Batman dies at the end of this. It was it was so heartbreaking. <laughs> Batarang to the chest. Who would have thought? <laughs> I just don't know how, like. What else are you supposed to do with a nuclear bomb? <laughs> I mean, you know what? They used it as well as they possibly could. But I mean, at that point, they had to do something with the aliens. Yeah, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. I don't know how much spoilers this is, but I need to know. Ryan, what was the thing you didn't like? I hate Daniel Craig's accent. Do you? Uh, it, it, 
if the movie was not as good as it was, yeah. it would have ruined it for me. Really? Because he is such a pitiful character in this. And I will go deep dive and explain this so that here. Yeah. In Logan Lucky. Yes. He. I was fine with it. It's yeah. a different Southern accent. It's like a Tennessee he, accent. Yes. And I just I don't like it on him. Okay. Especially the first couple times he talked, he was talking out of the side of his mouth and it looked really forced. Okay. Um, and then Chris Evans had to make that foghorn leghorn. Yeah. Like line. And I just like I was like, huh? OK, so my own issue with this was addressed in the film. Right. I, I know they didn't mean it that way, but for me, that's how I took it. Um, but I mean. To be honest, they could have just had him speak with his normal British accent and just changed it to where, like, he's from Britain. He's this great world, you know, detective from Britain mm -hmm. because they don't really talk about his accent at all in this, except for like two or three times. OK, so I think the reason they stay away from his British accent is just to distance him from James Bond. Yeah, I yeah. know. But I mean, at the same time, that would... I mean, Chris Evans was talking in the exact same accent that he did for Captain America. Because he's Captain America. <laughs> yeah, Captain America, but he's El but but yeah, at the same time, that's his voice. He, he, it's the same it, voice, it, but different it, language. Like he's swearing at left and oh, right. Oh, a lot. It, it's so I, fun to see him as the fine, asshole. But still, I'm what I'm saying is that I'm upset that for an American audience, they have to keep on changing his voice because I don't know how many more times I can listen to Daniel Craig with a southern accent. You know, if it makes you feel better, he is the one character I struggled with the most in this. And I finally, it clicked the second time I watched it. But the first time I watched it, I was so uncomfortable with him. And I think part of it was the accent because it was a different kind of southern accent. And yeah. for me, I think I'm just like tickled. To, it's like um, in The Boys, which I don't know if you guys have seen yet, but Simon Pegg does an American accent. And I'm just tickled by it. And I think it's the same whenever I hear Daniel Craig not do a British accent. Yeah. Well, I mean, that and I, I'm i spoiled when it comes to British acts, uh, when it comes to British actors doing American accents. Yeah. There's an uh, there there there's an actor. He played the unit leader in Band of Brothers. He's a redhead. Oh, and yeah, him. He, him. And then he was also in Dreamcatcher. Is he in Billions? Lewis? Is he in Billions, too? Yeah. Then I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. So he's a British actor. Yeah. And he has what 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 I would call a light, not light as as in it's a, you know, you can you can't really tell it's a British accent as in his voice. Is, he has a light voice. Yeah. But he's British. So he has a British accent on top of that light voice. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to doing an American accent, he has a very deep American accent. It's very grainy. Yeah. And I, I, it, it, I had no idea that the guy was British for like seven years until I eventually watched a documentary on Band of Brothers. It was like, he's British. <laughs> for all this time, I thought he was an American actor. Um, and then I saw Daniel Craig in Logan Lucky. I'm like, wow, that's a really good Southern accent. Yeah. And I also know that British actors tend to do Southern accents to learn the American accent because it's easier. Yeah. And then I get this Southern accent. I mean, to be fair, this is a real Southern accent. Like he is doing like a Southern Georgia gentleman, like drawl. You're supposed to like in picture, like sitting on a veranda with some iced tea. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what and, you're supposed to picture. Yeah. And that's fine. It's just, I, it just, it threw me off. So what, 
and and I'm curious about what you guys thought about this being because you guys I think have seen more murder mysteries than I have because I think you guys made me watch Murder on the Orient Express. No, no, oh no! Did no. I just watch that because I needed to for life? Probably, probably. Um, so, I've never seen it. Oh, interesting. I but, I really like it. Um, but <laughs> what did you think about his detective style? Because the whole time I wanted him to be a Sherlock character. And I wanted him to basically have it all figured out the second the first person sat down and the rest of it was us playing catch up. But that's not his detective style. His detective style in the movie is I'm here to follow the arc. And at the end of the arc, I'll get the truth. And it just happens into him. He doesn't do a lot of the legwork to get there. He will find the truth eventually. And that bugged me until the second watch through. I liked it because it's a different approach to this kind of story where you could have him like do the detective work, do the legwork and get him to like get into his mindset, what he's going through. I much prefer this to something. I much prefer this over Sherlock style of doing this, like the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Oh, yeah. It's just like. <laughs> doing the maps and the, the drawings in his head. Like, right. I much rather. It makes it for a more interesting story. The way they did it here, sure. the way they let this play out the way it does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. He yeah. doesn't really do much work, but he lets the story. He follows the arc of the story, and right? It, it pays off at the end. Yeah. To me, it's more realistic. Yeah. The only, the only times I like the whole Sherlock style of like detective work is when it's Sherlock. Okay. Because it's he's a genius. Mm. He can do puzzles. He can do pieces. It's like the um, uh, Enigma or the Imagination Game. The one with that same actor where he plays that British. Oh, the Imitation uh, Game. The Imitation Game. Yeah. The the, the whole World War Two and breaking the uh, yeah Enigma and everything like that fits a certain character. Yeah. And when it comes to like detective movies, I like variety and like how it's done. Like yeah. you have some detectives that are just super smart and they can look at a room and just know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's great. It's going to suck if every single detective is going to be able to do that. This guy had to walk the grounds, look at the clues, see see the the muddy footprints, find the butt on the carpet. Like right. he had to put everything together and he was missing his like he said the donut hole. <laughs> which I love that analogy. Like I love that speech it was like, so much. There's a do- there's a donut that has a hole. In the actual donut that has a hole, like it's just, I, I love that whole thing to where it felt real. Yeah, it felt like an actual person who was just good at his job, and he was just missing that one clue. And when he found it, everything fell into place. Yeah, it's like a puzzle. You find that one piece, and then the whole thing comes together. Right, yeah. and you like why? I mean, the the cool thing was you get to watch that happen. I mean, he's in the background of a shot. Yeah, but you watch that all click oh. into place. I figured as soon as they found it and she like hand uh, and she handed it to him. Yeah, and he was like looking at it, and they didn't unfurl it right away. I was uh-huh. like, she's fine. She didn't kill him. Like yeah. I I knew it. So I was looking at him the whole time she was talking. I'm like, he's gonna flip out yeah. and react, and he did. And what was great about that was the movie doesn't give you enough information to know why she's innocent. Like it makes you think right. that she's responsible for this the whole time. 
up until the actual reveal. Because even when he comes forward and is like, like telling her everything is wrong about what she's saying, like you're still like, but how? Like right. it still leaves you wondering. Like it doesn't give you many clues. It gives you a few clues that there's something else going on, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually tell you what. Well, here's what the movie did to me, and it hurt me the whole time I watched it, <laughs> is there's a shot where she is talking to um, Harlan, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's talking to Harlan uh, after their go meeting. Yeah. Or after their go session, and he's talking about his family. And in one of the shots, there's a knife in the foreground. And as soon as he says the name Ransom, the knife goes across his throat in the foreground. And I, when I first saw it, I went, it's, it's Ransom. Ransom did it. He's the only one we don't know from. It's Ransom. And then the movie spent the whole rest of the time going, yeah, but it's her. Yeah, but it's her. Yeah, but it's her. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why would you do something so cool to me and not be him? And then it kind of was. And I like that. And like, that's, that's why the movie for me was like, here's what we're going to give you. We're going to signal that it's going to be him a lot. Not really. Like we're gonna make you, you Chris for, Evans regret it, right? What is it? Yes. You mean Kirk, 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 uh, Chris Kirk, Evans. Yeah, yeah his character. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's good. I, I kind of had the same thing. Yeah. Because they were talking about you know like all these different people, what they were doing, and the one person who had the most emotional reaction or conversation with the father wasn't there to be questioned. Yep. And it's like, okay, it's got to be him at some point. And then they go through everything and they play him off being old friendly and like, look, tell me, I'm not going to tell the family, like, this is how we're going to take care of this. Mm-hmm. And then I was still thinking in my mind, I'm like, he's, he's, he's got to play into this somehow. Right. He, he, you know, he, he has to. And I was just happy at the end when it did. Right. And then I also loved the whole thing where the, the father makes the comment about how some people can't tell a, uh, um, a stage prop from from the actual thing. And he yeah. jams the knife into the table. And then as soon as he was going after with the knife and they pulled away and he was on top of her with it. And she was just like kind of breathing, just kind of like shocked. I'm like, that was a stage prop. Yep, that was a stage prop. Yes, I love this. <sighs> and they like <laughs> hint at such little things all the time like that, and it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I mean the the biggest giveaway for me that it was actually ransom mm-hmm. was the grandmother when she comes down the window. Yeah. She's like back again, ransom. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, so he was here. Yeah, yeah. like so why was it. he here? What was he doing? Yep, and I didn't see that that actual twist coming until they revealed it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I. I really liked that part. And I mean, Chris Evans does such a good job of playing like that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so while we're talking about this character, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. How did you feel about the whole, she throws up when she tells the truth thing? Because the first time I saw it, it almost took me right out of the movie. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Like it was, you have this ridiculous family. Oh, like yeah. the stereotypes are like being like our so, um, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm trying to, uh, there, the, the stereotypes are condensed. Oh yeah. Heavily. And it was, it was a good little comic relief part because, because like, you had all of this like cynical satire comedy going on that it was good to see something a bit slapsticky. Yeah. I... And, and that was definitely very slapstick. Um, but it was used to great effect, especially at the end. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite part was at the end. It was yeah. 
the most graphic part of it. <laughs> Which is funny. Like, that was the grossest part of the movie. Yeah. And I don't think you can get to that ending without that. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Because I don't know how they would have done it any other way. Like, because her just going, ha ha, I lied. Like, doesn't have the same kind of punch as, like, it doesn't. her vomiting on his face. And I think that's what, like, there are so many layers to each of these characters that it all adds up to this really good ending where you get everything revealed about everyone. Right. Even, even up to that moment. And once she pukes on him, like, which is a <laughs> sentence I never thought I'd say, um, <laughs> not for emetophobes, uh, <laughs> but uh, like you get all this tension. And like, that's like the actual release of the tension is her vomiting being like, she's dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I mean, you, I don't know. You said it best. Really? These characters are so good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, they all seeing it a second time. I got to pick apart some like weird little things. And some of my favorite moments are these quick, almost nothing character moments where like almost every member of the family tells her, I wish you were at the funeral, but I got outvoted. If everyone got outvoted, who is actually voting for it? Like you can yeah. tell none of them wanted her there. Well, it was because they were all, they were all jerks. Like every oh. member of, of, uh, is of of that family I was rooting against. Oh yeah. Like almost every member, except for the, the daughter, the one who was going to school. Oh man. Like she's like Meg. She's the only one that I didn't want to be thrown in jail or hurt or ruined or something. Like she was the only one. I don't know. For some Jamie Lee Curtis's character was a little bit like over much when she didn't get her money. But for the most part, she wasn't terrible. Like, she got seed money from her dad and started a company. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but at the same time, she was like, I started it from nothing. And then Chris Evans is like, you, you got a 100, you got a $1 million grant to start that start from nothing. Like, that, I yeah. love yeah. that. But the character that was most interesting to me was the Michael Shannon character, the one who's running the publishing business and yeah. trying to sell off the the film and TV rights. Go figure. That's what, who I liked. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I thought like his story, like he's the one who goes up to, goes to her house uh-huh. after the reveal of the will. Um, I just really, I like Michael Shannon and it was nice to see him in a smaller part instead of like Zod. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I enjoyed his part. Um, 2019 was a big year for Don Johnson. Yeah, it was. It's like the biggest year he's had since Miami Vice. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> he has this and he was in Watchmen. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's so good in this, though. I mean, they're all good. Like, I don't think there's anyone that I thought was, like, bringing the movie down yeah. at any point. I just, man, I just, my fate, like, when I think of this movie, I don't think of, like, the overall plot of it. I just keep thinking of, like, the fun little tiny parts like where they kept like the the one son that like was in the bathroom and they kept making fun of the whole time. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved. Or when they kept flashing to the party and it was always something different. Like the person that was talking was definitely the one right next to dad when he was blowing out the candles. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that too. Yeah. Just to show that everyone's like so in their own world that they think he, they were the most important person there at his party. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's a lot of it with this movie is that it's all like 
everyone's perception of what it is versus what the actual truth is. And it's like what Daniel Craig says, like the gray matter and the gray, the gray parts of it comes after you get the truth. Like even Chris Evans being like, this is our ancestral home. Yeah. And like you got it in the eighties. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not any of that. Yeah, exactly. Just, this movie has so much good, so many good details. Yeah. Um, what else? <laughs> yeah, see, I mean, that's the thing is I can talk about like when I wanted to talk to you guys about this movie, mostly I just wanted to shout parts I liked at you. And then I wanted you guys to agree with me and then I'll shout a different part at you. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that. Let's no, no, do I, I started already. We're not. <laughs> All right. So two things that we, one thing that we talked about before the movie is J- J- Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, I I saw he was in this movie. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt has worked with Ryan Johnson for years. He's been in every film that Ryan Johnson has ever done. He's the alien in Last Jedi who reports the uh, the ship into the, like a casino guards and he like, comes in and points at uh, Finn and Rose. Oh, that's him. That, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Weird. But he was in Looper. He was in Brick. Yeah. Uh, he's in this movie too, in a small part. Um. When you first see the maid at home, yes, her sister is watching a detective show. He's the voice of the detective on there. That's so weird. Yeah. And I'm looking at the IMDb and I didn't realize that when the lawyer came on to read the will, I was like, he looks familiar and I can't place it. It was Frank Oz. Help me. Who's Frank Oz? Yoda. Miss Piggy. Oh, really? Director of Death at a Funeral. Oh. <laughs> Devin's getting stared I'm getting yeah, stared at everyone, that. Everyone <laughs> at home, my wife just came running in and is just staring death daggers at Devin right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't hurt me. <laughs> How dare you not know who Frank Everybody knows who's the voice of Miss Piggy. I didn't. I wasn't a Muppets guy. I don't know that. I've never seen that one. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I, I like Death at a Funeral a lot. The right one, right? Yeah, the, the British one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the only one I've ever seen, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I. the only thing I have to say about Frank Oz is that, is that he plays a character named Alan, and he spells his name wrong. Uh, <laughs> is that really his character's name? Alan Stevens, yeah. He's oh. a lawyer who oh. reads the will. I didn't, I never, like, remembered his name. I'm just, I'm just looking at it on IMDb. So. The uh, one thing that I did appreciate, and I don't know if any of you did this, did either of you watch this with subtitles? No. No. Okay. So, I do. They, they wouldn't work. Oh, Really? Yeah, for some reason, subtitles wouldn't come on, so I had to watch it pretty loud. Daniel Craig is so... Daniel Craig's accent is so heavy that the uh, subtitles is like, I don't know. Nah, it's whatever. Really? Oh, no, no, no. That, that was the thing to me. That was the thing to me. I thought, I thought in the subtitles, whenever he would talk, it would just say Southern accent. Southern accent. <laughs> like, everybody else would show up, and then it would be Daniel Craig, and it just says, draw. It's just, it's just literally, what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be mad about that. But the one thing I appreciated about the subtitles, and this was, I think, one of those extra things that they didn't have to do, but I'm glad they did, is whenever the housekeeper was dying of the morphine overdose and she said, you did it, 
Well, she technically said Hugh did it, but the subtitles didn't give away that twist. The subtitles said you did it. And I liked that because they could have ruined the big twist in the movie yeah. by tra- or by like subtitling that line correctly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, gl- I'm so glad they didn't. Yeah, because some movies have done that. Absolutely they have, yeah. yeah. Or like, I'll watch stand-up comedy with subtitles and like it ruins the punchlines because they're doing the setup and you see the punchline on the screen before they say it. And I hate that. So like, <laughs> well, this is the one time I was like all for it. What you need to do is get a pair of like re- reading glasses from the dollar store. Yeah. And just put a line of tape at the bottom that'll cover anywhere the subtitles go. Just cover that, that part. way. Yeah. Just for when you watch stand up specials. I think it's Let a good Let me go get call. my stand up glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But so what? So I wanted to know what your guys' exposure was to um, like murder mystery kind of things because. If you probably couldn't tell from my only weird thing about the movie, my main like exposure to mysteries at all is Sherlock. So like the fact that he wasn't Sherlock made me uncomfortable. And like Ryan, you said you wanted variety. Like, yeah. do you guys like see more mysteries than I do and are just like Well, there's movies that are like mysteries. I mean, to me, murder mystery is a very like a very small part of <laughs> yeah there you go i now have a box copy of murder she wrote I'm <laughs> the whole series so um there there's that but like movies that i would consider murder mystery also just go into the mystery okay like genre like law-abiding citizen sure sure like that's a mystery you kind of know, like, it's not like a detective, you know, like we have to find, you know, who who killed Mr. Green with the candlestick in the bathroom. Right. It's not like that, but it's still a mystery type like deal. Mm-hmm. I purposely. Yeah, because you knew I was going to bring up Clue. You know? I know. I know. I know and now you can't. No, 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 no. He can because I'm not going to talk about the Clue movie. But yeah. anyway. Like, you've got Law-Abiding Citizen. You've got other, like, The Siege. That movie that I had uh, prior to Devin being on the show, we did that one, I believe. No. Oh, we didn't? Nope. Oh, okay. Well... (laughs) It's up later. Anyway, um, it's basically, there's there's terrorist bombings going on. And Denzel Washington, as... As as an FBI agent has to find out who's doing these bombings. Mm-hmm. So like to me, that all falls into the same category. Sure. Um, so I like variety in it. And that's what this movie did. It took the like what began that genre mm-hmm. of like the classic setup and basically like turned it on. Like they they reversed it. OK, they give you everything up front. Mm hmm. And then let everything play out instead of like letting everything play out and then giving you everything at the end. Okay. For me, I can't believe you, you ruined this t- reveal for me. <laughs> my, my favorite mi- mystery movie is Clue, and it's a mystery comedy because mm-hmm. uh, it has the whodunit aspect to it. But have you seen Clue, right? I have, of course. Okay. Just making sure. I love that movie. <laughs> um, but I also enjoy like the detective-focused mi- mer- like mysteries. Like you get on television like murder. She wrote um, where you have like one of my favorite go-tos is psych. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause it's always like a mystery of who 
like who's responsible for this. Um, it's quirky. You get a good sense of humor from the whole cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there in that show, you have like the fake psychic element to it, which is a different layer. Um, there's a show that was on this past season and just got renewed for a second season, Stumptown was on it ABC. It, it was really good it, with uh, Colby Smolders and Jake Johnson on ABC. Yeah. Uh, and for a network show, it was very good with the way they did the mystery. Oh, cool. Um, it felt like it should be a show that was on Netflix instead of ABC. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I, I like the detective stories. Like yeah. I, I think that's what I'm drawn to the most. Like the, the most interesting thing about law and order as for you, which is about the only one I've watched is the detectives. Like I like Benson. I like ice tea. <laughs> I, I like lunch. Like, yeah. Munch mm. is my favorite character out of the whole bunch. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Munch is. You don't know who Munch is? No, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk what? about, we'll, we'll fill you in over brunch. Okay. Go. Oh um, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I think I'm like, and, like you look at my walls, I got a lot of Batman stuff up. So right. like, I, I'm, I enjoy the good detective stories. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Sherlock, but aren't you, I'm not like, I watched it, but at a certain point it's like, okay, I waited five years for this next batch of episodes. It, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Like, they kind of dipped in quality. So my thing with sure with, Sherlock was attempting to read the book when I was younger and obviously that failed. Um, and then watching the, um, the ones with, Oh, what's his name? Iron man. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Watching his Sherlock movies. And those were cool. And then I saw a few episodes of star Trek where they do the whole like Sherlock thing on the hollow deck. And I've tried watching Sherlock since, and it's just, it, I know it. It's not. Yeah. It's not entertaining for me. Anymore. This is a weird tidbit, but my introduction to Sherlock Holmes as a character was in the nineties on a show called a cartoon show called Sherlock Holmes in, in the third 30th century. I remember oh, I that. Don't know that one. Never mind. It's sure. It's an animated cartoon where they freeze Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Unfreeze him in like the year 3000. And for some reason, Watson is a robot. The '90s, stop it! I hate this so, so basically much. Basically, it's Futurama with with uh, Sherlock Holmes instead. <laughs> Sherlock. And I Holmes. thought you were gonna say Wishbone, and I was about to get real pumped because that was my introduction. No, uh, I, I, I watched Fox Kids, not PBS. <laughs> I had a boring childhood. I don't. No, I. It was the shit. I don't remember when my actual introduction to Sherlock Holmes was. Yeah, it's just I always starting in like. At some point in elementary school, mm-hmm. it was just poof. I knew who he was. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't even know where it came from. It's just I don't like thinking back, like living in Alton before the age of eight. I don't think I know who Sherlock was, but I knew Watson. I knew that name. <laughs> um, but then when we moved to Bethlehem, like at some point, in the first year of moving to Pennsylvania, I must have come across or watched a show or something where I discovered who Sherlock Holmes was. And it's just, to me, it's been like, yeah, I've known who, who I've known him since birth. I, I get it. I know. I get him. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I asked this question and Ryan, you kind of answered it a little bit uh, because I've been told that this kind of subverts the mystery genre and that it does something different and more unique and like presents the mystery genre in a way that like, 
makes it feel fresh and new. Yeah. I haven't seen enough of the mystery genre to understand that. I've seen okay. Sherlock, and I think I've seen a few episodes of Psych. So are you saying, Ryan, that's why it subverted it? Because yeah. we were given everything in the first 40, and then we had an hour and 20 yeah. to No, I mean, ruminate. like, 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 for, like, for real. Yeah. <laughs> FR, for real. <laughs> After they go through and they show what she believes to have happened yeah. with, you know, like accidentally giving him the morphine running around all, all over the mansion, pretending to be him and everything. I seriously paused and I didn't even look at the timer at the bottom of the screen because I would have known at that point I paused and I grabbed my phone. I'm like, has it seriously been two hours already? I'm like <laughs> it's only been 45 minutes. This is different. Yeah. Like it, it's it. They don't, do that like here okay law in was it law in law-abiding citizen uh-huh you know the main character is doing these things mm-hmm. but you also know he's in jail while this stuff is going on outside right. of jail how is he doing this and they give you clues as the lawyer slash detective is finding these things out about how he's doing it you learn it Okay, and that's how all almost all murder mysteries are. You find out things as the characters find out. You're not handed everything within the first half of the movie, right? And it made it feel like that's why I was like, I told Kristen, I was like, look, this is different. Yeah, this is not murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> it's not stylized like that. Yeah, and it's different. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it 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 was. It was 100% a fresh take. Got it. Okay, because that's that's what I wanted to know the most. Because I was like, I, all right. Because in my mind, the way that the mystery genre plays out is there's like a murder in the beginning, stuff in the middle, and at the end, the detective has the big reveal and goes on his big speech. And like, it kind of happened in this. Yeah. Like, so I was like, eh, it seems a little bit like the typical formula, but I'm I'm happy to now know that like that's what the subversion was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like something like Murder in the Orient Express will focus on the detective character yeah. in the story from their point of view. Yeah. And in this, they're focusing on Marta's story that's and true, her point yeah. of view. Yeah. And it definitely has that shift because mm-hmm. uh, you think that's the way it's going to go with uh, Lakeith Stanfield interviewing the whole family one mm-hmm. by one with Daniel Craig in the background just hitting that that note which oh yeah which when i watch this again with Kristen, i'm going to pay attention to what they're talking about and when he hits that note because i have a feeling he's hitting that note whenever he thinks they're lying there there is a pattern is Um, there yeah the do you want me to tell you what it is yeah go ahead i would love to know the pattern is every time he hits that note lakeith stanfield asks what time did you arrive at the party Oh, interesting. Cool. Okay. So he's kind of directing their questions. Yeah. At least that's what I read on IMDb. I, okay. I mean, I totally get that. Um, yeah. I just love that introduction. Like, it's, yeah. Because you get like all of them look, looking at him oddly, like what's going on. And then they never address it. Yeah. And they just never address it. And then they, somebody's finally like, okay, who the hell is that? It was, yeah. uh, what's her name? The blonde hair. Tony Collette. It was the the blonde hair. I forget her name in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The 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 actress. Yeah. What's her name? Tony Collette. The one in the red dress. 
with oh, the, with no, hair. are you thinking Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, she's she's the is one she that the gets first one that says talk. it? Yeah. Oh, she's, okay. She's she's the one that keeps on looking back, and she's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. Um, but I she was the first say, character I I had issues with. I would not say Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis had blonde hair in this. I think it was white hair. Yeah, it was white hair. That's no, what no, no, threw no, me no, off. Th- th- that that hair color that she has that falls on the blonde spectrum when it comes to hair dye. Like wow. that is like bleached white blonde hair. Very, very, yeah. The Billy Idol blonde. <laughs> no, that's the, 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 it's, there's a reason why they gave her the look that she does. And it's because I have seen, uh, I've seen people of that like generation of that age group with that hairstyle and to be perfectly honest from my experience in retail, they got that personality and hairstyle down. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the thing is you mentioned that these characters are exaggerated or very like, but they all felt real. Oh, like they're all real because I've run into all of them at at some point in my life. And to have them coming from the type of family that they're coming from totally fits. Yeah. Like completely fits. And like I know you said before that Jamie Lee Curtis's like character, like you really didn't feel like that kind of, you know, like she wasn't like that horrible. Oh, no, she was to me. (laughs) I could see it. I've dealt I've dealt with enough people like that to see the the little nuances in the personality that what comes off as being polite is really them telling you to go F off. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm right there with them. Oh, are you? That's why I'm. I don't work retail anymore. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. So the one person I was really excited to see in this movie, and he has a like one scene, was M. Emmett Walsh. Who? Who is that? This guy. Oh, him. If you saw his <laughs> face, oh, you yeah. Because he was in a lot of things. Um, he's known for Blade Runner, The Jerk. Oh wow. Uh, he's got the he's got the great scene in The Jerk. He's the one who shoots the cans. Oh, he hates these cans. The cans. He hates the cans. I love that. Um, I did not expect him to show up in this. And he has like one scene as like the groundskeeper. Oh, and he was so good as the groundskeeper, though. He was. But one of the things I loved about that was the fact that like he he kept everything on VCR. And it just wasn't like it, it wasn't a VCR player from like 95. It was a VCR player from like 1987. Oh, yeah. It was one of the top load ones. And it was one of those things where I'm like, how how is she going to avoid them seeing, you know, her, her car? And with the way she's holding the buttons down, yeah. like she's grinding the thing. And then when oh, she yeah. hits the eject button because it's so old, the thing smokes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. They yeah. nailed that, that part. Perfect. Oh, yeah. And then she had the magnet. Yep. Yeah. She had the magnet. Okay, so I've seen the the magnet VHS tape uh, plot device used twice in this and in Be Kind Rewind. Really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know anything about that one. Be Kind Rewind is Jack Black and Most Deaf okay. working at a video store. And Jack Black, for some reason, I forget why, wears a suit made of magnets into the <laughs> video store and erases all of the tapes. And then they spend the rest of the movie reenacting every movie. What? <laughs> on cheap like sets. They they swede the movies. Like if you ever heard that term before, yeah. that's where that came from. I want to see this movie oh, now. Oh, it's on the list. It looks so good. It sounds so good now. I know I've told you I've told you about this before. No, you have. Yeah. I I do um, want to watch it now though. But yeah, it's it's one of those plot devices that you don't get anymore. Like usually it's just like right click delete. Right. Like, it's 
it's a weird thing to, to throw in there, but so does it work though? Is that a real, like if I were to hold a magnet to it, like, cause she had a fridge magnet, like cherries, yeah. like that didn't seem like it should have worked. Um, I think it would mess it up enough. Oh, okay. Especially if it's been erased multiple times, that film's already degraded. I mean, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Especially. Part. I mean, like the guy's talking about how he does all this fancy stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know a lot, but you're not really using the right materials right, to be doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So when did this take place? What, like, what era that this was taking place in? Yeah, like, I mean, and, and I I almost want to get down to, like, were DVDs around? And he was just avoiding DVDs? And didn't no, no, I think it's it. modern day. It's modern, it modern day. Because they I all would, have cell phones. Oh, that's true. This I would say like that this ones. movie was set in maybe, like, at the latest 2016. Okay. The latest this movie takes place in is is 2016 mm-hmm. because they do a over nah I'm going to take that back a non over exaggerated family fight about politics and oh, they are speaking to right. modern issues and they talk about a specific person without talking about a specific, specific person. person yes yeah so I would say the latest would have to be 2016 I'm going to say that that was that this movie is taking aim at like whenever you watch it. So like yeah. this movie came out in 2019. This movie is depicting 2019. That makes sense. You've, this is like the third time you've taken one little thing about like when something was filmed and taken like the, like the oddest the thing in the movie part about it. <laughs> and like, Oh, this was set in the eighties. <laughs> um, well, I never thought eighties, but I thought okay. like they were aiming for like early two thousands. And then I forgot about the political conversation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, besides, uh, Meg calls her cousin an, an alt-right troll. Right. And they talk about, like, Twitter. Like, yeah. oh, you're the guy I saw on Twitter. Or, like, there was a line Tony Collette's character says, is like, I'm not on Twitter anymore. You have to hit my Instagram DMs. I hate it. So when it comes to the, just to, just to, as a, as a skipping stone on a pond, to <laughs> skip over and just hit briefly one topic. Yeah. The political stereotypes in this for the family yeah. are all examples of what I hate about American politics. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's yeah. depicted perfectly in that scene. What it I hate really about is. both sides. I mean, but all sides. I mean, it doesn't yeah. like the movie doesn't pick a side and say, this one's the right one. This one's terrible. It's like they're both stupid here. Yeah. Here's both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got a few more things yeah. about this movie. So when this movie first came out, Ryan Johnson made headlines about something that happened behind the scenes that affected the whole movie, kind of, and revealed a lot about Hollywood and a major tech company. Oh, no. I don't know if you guys heard this story or not. I I absolutely didn't. Tech company? Yes. Um, So evidently, Apple will not let any villain use an iPhone. Yeah. I heard about that. And what does Marta have? An iPhone. Does she have an iPhone? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. And who uh, and who let that slip? Ryan Johnson. Oh, did he really? Yeah. So I'm curious if Apple's going to slide on that now because it kind of ruins the plot of movies. If like everyone else has an Apple and then some guys on like a flip phone. Right. What was it? You guys that told me about um, the rocks rider where he's never allowed to lose a fight in a movie. Who? No. The rock. Like the rock has a rider in his contract. Where he is, he cannot lose a fight in a movie. 
he is allowed to have a fight stopped in the middle before he wins or before he loses, but he's never allowed to outright lose a fight. To be honest, yeah. knowing about The Rock yeah. and knowing like knowing the type of person he is from interviews that he's done and things that he's written about his past and the type of movies he does, yeah. I'm going to call BS on that. You really think so? I don't think he would have a problem with losing a fight in a movie. I want to research I that really then. really don't. Yeah. I mean... He won the fight with Vin Diesel because he got his own Fast and Furious spinoff. That's true. He doesn't have to work with Vin Diesel anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting. It is interesting, though. All right. And then yeah. I have one last bit of trivia about this. OK. You guys know they're making a sequel? No. How yeah. do they make a sequel to this? Uh, is well, it Knives In? No, it's Spoons Out. No, is it? No, it's going to focus on Daniel Craig's character. They get another another story with him. So you're going to get a series of detective films with this character, this Kentucky Fried character. (laughs) I'm on board. I I mean, if if Ryan Johnson's writing it and the same person shooting it, I don't care who they focus on. If it's just as good as this one, Mm -hmm. I'll be fine. I've got to watch the movie again, but as of right now, after one viewing, Daniel Craig's accent bothers me that much to where I'm not sure if I'm going to like the second one or not. I've got to watch it again, see if my issue with it is still there, but I'm happy they're making a second one. I hope it's as good. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) Sporks to the side. (laughs) Really open. Huh? Sporks to the side. Oh, yeah. Sporks to the side. <laughs> That's all I've got on Knives Out. I have one more question for you guys. Yes. This is near and dear to me. What is your favorite shot in the movie? Like shot or single scene? Because they do a lot of fun camera work and a lot of hinting with it. Um, my favorite one, just to give you guys a second, is literally the end shot where um, Marta is standing on at like on the, the banister of the house and the last thing you see is she takes a sip of her coffee and the words my house are the only words you see on the mug. I love it. It gave me chills the first time I saw it in the theaters. Ugh. So one of the best things about doing this podcast in the same room is I can just stare daggers at you for stealing my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that, that's, that's exactly the same same thing for me. Cause yeah. it's like just that shot. Cause you have the whole family down below, like, reeling from everything that just like, they're not even paying attention to the fact that Chris Evans is being arrested. Right. But they all look up at her when she comes out on the, on the, on the banister with the coffee. Yep. And it's just like, this is my house now. Get the hell out. I love it. It's such a power move and not something that that character would do until that point. Like everything she, she earns everything going through what she did. I think it's why it gave me chills the first time I watched it. Because she deserved it. Exactly. That's what you wanted for and that And that family character. deserved nothing. They, yeah, no, exactly. they deserved everything they got. Well, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No, <laughs> nothing of his. My favorite shot is not that one. Okay. Because I feel like the last one is, like, that's like the shot to end the movie on. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. My favorite shot, or s- sequence of shots is Chris Evans losing it during during the will reading. <laughs> because up until that point, 
I was thinking to myself, okay, he's in this somehow. They've, they haven't really addressed him. They make it that he was yelling back and forth at his grandfather. Something happened. He knows something that the other ones don't yeah. because he left and he wasn't at the funeral. And when he started laughing at them, it was like, he knows he's not getting anything because he said that. Right. You know, that he knows he's not getting anything. And he knew who was going to be getting everything. But you don't know that until his hysterical laughter when the family's reaction, because he's like, fine, you're going to talk crap to me. And that's why he was talking crap to all them in the room, because he knew exactly what was going to happen. And then him laughing his ass off and then just like laughing out of, you know, is out of the room triumphantly. Like it was it was perfect. It's a good. Yeah. I want to see that out of Chris Evans more. Absolutely. He's so good at it. Mm hmm. I think that this is such a bold difference from Captain America right after Endgame. Yeah. And I think that's what he needs for his career. Because he's been doing Captain America for the last almost 10 years. He needs to play some villains. When he's a good enough actor that I don't want to see him typecast. Like, I don't want to see him like, all right, you're the superhero guy. Go put on tights, I guess. Like, I don't want that from him. I want him to be a whole character. And the thing is, I I love what they did with his character on this. And I know that you talked about this Mm -hmm. a little bit before. But I love his house. The house that he has. Yeah. Like, it fits him. It's modern. Mm -hmm. Um the way it looks. And I know I bring this up occasionally, but I love the fact how they gave him a car that is not stereotypical. Yeah. Like it's a older BMW. It's, I mean, even amongst car people, like that's a classic. Yeah. But that's not your like, like BMW has certain iconic cars Mm -hmm. and they all have to do with racing. Mm -hmm. That one is just pure like this is an old luxury car, really well maintained, and it was perfect for his character. Well, I feel like a lazier movie would have put him in a Lamborghini. Uh, a, uh, a Lamborghini, um, a European roadster, Bugatti convertible. Or, yeah. I mean, like, like, uh, um, they would have put him in like I, I know you're not going to know what this thing looks like, but a, a Ferrari California. Yeah, they would have done that. Or, like, if they wanted to go more of, like, oh, this, you know, this family's all about buying American, they would have put them in a uh, in a Cobra. Right. In a Shelby Cobra. Mm-hmm. But they didn't go that route. They went for a very niched, unique car to put them in, which was perfect. Because everybody else was just driving your typical rich, rich person car, mm-hmm. which was great. Now... When I told you guys about there was the one thing that I really didn't like about the movie, which I talked about, yeah. which was the thing. Yeah. What if you brought up the sweaters as a joke? <laughs> it was me. It's yeah. the sweaters. And at that point, I didn't realize how ragged his sweater was. <laughs> and then I started looking at the others. Uh, you know, like I was like, a lot of people were wearing sweaters in this. Yeah. Like, I didn't really like I didn't really think about it. And and they went to Chris Evans and they're talking at the bar because that's where I was when like you messaged me back. Yeah. And I'm like. His collar's ripped up. Like, his sweater was ragged. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Like, is that something that you noticed? It wasn't at all. And I don't know. I'm trying to, like, connect why in my mind he would be wearing, like, a ragged sweater and not, like, a, you know, like a, I don't know, like a nouveau chic thing or, like, a... And I don't know. I mean, I think it fits the aesthetic of the movie better. Is his sweater so ragged because it's chic? 
Maybe, maybe that's why. Like maybe like, we've come full circle. Yeah, it's like buying jeans with holes in them. Oh, maybe we've been doing that for years. Um, I actually do have one last thing I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah. Um, so we talked a lot about how Daniel Craig is off to the side and just lets the whole thing play out. Um, but at the end, Marta asks him, "How? When did you know it was me?" Like, oh, right, right away. And then he points to the one drop of blood on her shoe. And I just love that. Yeah. Because they show that early on. Yeah. And then they never address it until that point. It's like, mm-hmm. that's the perfect way to reveal that and just let him do what he's doing. And to show that he is a competent detective. Yeah. Despite him going, well, I'm going to let it all play out. Because mm-hmm. he's like, this is what I'm like. This is what I know. But at the same time, there are pieces that I don't. So I'm just going to keep this. I'm just going to. I'm, I'm going to look into this. We're going to play this out. Yep. I'm going to keep her next to me so I can see every move she makes. Like yeah. It was good. It was good detective work. It reminded me a lot of, if you guys know Dirk Gently, uh, it's a um, Douglas Adams, the guy that writes Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, also wrote another series called Dirk Gently Holistic Detective. And that was kind of his thing, is he would never really know where he was going or what was going on in the mystery, but he would always get to the end of it by the end of it. And it seemed like a little bit less of a silly version of that. They made that a show with Elijah Wood. They, they did. Yeah. I never watched it because I'm worried it's going to be ruined. Is that the okay. one with the talking dog? Oh, no, that's Wilfred. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that, that's got Elijah Wood and Smallville's um, Allison Mack, who is now in jail. Oh, my gosh. That is her, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so anyway, on that note, <laughs> uh, I think that does it for this week's You Have to Watch This Podcast. Uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to us. We are on all podcasting platforms that we can think of. If you can think of one that we're not on, let us know. You can email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. Um, make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, if you want, slide into our DMs. I don't know why you would, uh, <laughs> but you can. We like it. Um, so until next week where I have the guys watch another detective movie. Um, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Please, someone email us. (laughs) It'll be an email within an email with a tinier email. (laughs) 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 Unfilled!